Now, wait. No, you wait. You know how many years it took him to learn how to paint like that? Huh? You know how many hours he had to stay up doing that? Do you? Now, that painting's worth ten times what you're trying to rip him off for, and if you don't pay him, I'm going to shove you in the night deposit. All right. Unfortunately, oftentimes, as you heard in that clip from the intro, that is an episode of Good Times when J.J. made a painting for the bank, the prestigious black bank in the neighborhood, and the banker, the CEO, the man in charge, didn't want to pay him because he thought it was ghetto. And then James, his father, comes in and sticks up for him and pretty much lets the banker know what we have to do as artists to produce what you want. You know, oftentimes people who don't do what we do don't uh, appreciate is, is the, the wrong word to use. I guess I should better, better. I'm better off saying they don't recognize what we do. The, the work that we have to put in to create these visuals that you appreciate so much, the media that you appreciate so much the the media and I don't mean news media I mean media as in graphics as in photos videos you know you don't appreciate or some don't appreciate what we do in order to create this the effort the hours of studying I cannot I always talk about I've been doing this for 16 years my photography and all and I'm proud of that you know I give myself a round of applause for that all the time but in the 16 years, I don't, I can't do the math on how many hours I've put in, the sacrifices I've made, no going to the club, no partying, no hanging out, hell, for a, a long portion, no dating, because I've mentioned this in previous episodes here, you know, it's hard to find somebody if somebody works the nine to five world, which is perfectly fine. If that's what you're built for, that what you're built to do, by all means, please continue to do so and live the life that you are put here to live. But if you don't understand the burning desire that an artist has that wants to get out of that nine to five world, the work, the sacrifice that we have to put in, you just won't get it. And in that clip that i played the banker he don't get it you know he's like paint what you want you're an art you're an artist make it look good you know i get that all the time and like i said before we're not mind readers we don't know what you're thinking but if you give us creative freedom based on what you've seen on our portfolio we're going to create something similar to what you've seen in our portfolio so when you get something that's similar to what's in our portfolio you can't be mad about it you know because you said you have creative freedom do what you do and paint what you see in your head or create what you see in your head. Then I mess around and create what I see in my head. And then all of a sudden, it's not what you expected. Well, you should have communicated that. You should have told me what you were expecting first and then let me build and get my creative juices flowing off that, off what you suggested, not just giving me blanket freedom to create whatever I saw in my mind. Because uh, unfortunately, sometimes it just doesn't work out. But in this incident, in that clip that I played, the banker just didn't appreciate what J.J. did. He didn't appreciate the effort, the hours. And that's not to say that just because I've been putting in a whole bunch of hours that I'm really good or just because I've done a whole bunch of hours, a whole bunch of years of trying that you're just automatically supposed to like what I create. You know, art is subjective. You know, what one person uh, deems as treasure, another person may deem as trash. 
you know, I mentioned that uh, photo before where it sold for like four point something million dollars or it could have been eight million dollars or something. It was some outrageous number. And it's just grass leading up to water. And that's it. And the dude that took the picture was in the passenger seat of his friend's car, just driving by, practicing with his camera. And whoever saw that photo liked it enough to bid on it at an auction and paid four plus million dollars for it. It is the absolute simplest photo you could imagine, yet it sold for multi millions of dollars. So art is subjective. So I get it if everybody doesn't agree with what I may create with my creative freedom. However, again, if you give me creative freedom to create, you can't turn around and say, I didn't want that if you didn't convey what you wanted from the beginning. So, you know, you have to, if you're going to give creative freedom, you have to respect the artists and respect what the artists create. You know, if not, you convey your message, but all of it, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, whatever contract you de- you design or whatever agreement you come upon, at the end of the day, the most important part is to respect the artist. Respect the media that you cannot live without. The media that is in our cell phones and tablets now, where when you turn it on, it's already ha- it already has graphics on there. Those graphics didn't materialize out of nowhere. Somebody created that. But do you ever think about that? Of course not. You know, I'm in this world and I don't think about that often. Every now and then I might. But again, that's just because I'm in this world. But what about those of you who are not in this world? You don't think about the graphics you see when you turn your phone on for the first time or when you have options of background photos, not your personal photos, but background photos that you can use that are also built into the phone by default. You know, I mean, hell, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. I don't know about Snapchat or not, but I know Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I do believe those are default apps in your phone now because they're a staple of our social media, our communication, right? But did you ever uh, stop to think who created the Facebook logo or the Instagram logo or the Twitter logo? Not at all. Not at all. But you appreciate those apps. You appreciate those applications because you use them every day, which is why they are default into your phones and tablets. And as simple as those logos may look and seem, you know, sometimes the simplest things that you create are the hardest things to create. You know, if you, if you, as an artist, when I sit back and I'm about to, I'm about to Photoshop something and I'm trying to create something, I try to get my wheel spinning. I just think about things I see. I'll just black out and space out for a little while until something pops in my head. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Art is not a faucet. You can't just turn it on and then create something and turn it off. It doesn't happen like that. That's why you see so many artists have such weird or different types of creative processes. You know, some people like to go hiking. Some people like it to be quiet. Some people like it to be loud. Me, I like it to be loud. Like when I started this, I would still go to clubs every now and then with my friends, but I wasn't in the club to dance or party or meet anybody. I'm sitting in the corner focused on what I need to do next. It helps me concentrate with all that blaring music in the background, people dancing, people partying and all that stuff. But while all that's going on, it's moving in slow motion to me. And it's not even that loud to me because it's tuned out of my mind because I'm focused on what the next project is. 
That's my creative process. It's not a faucet. And it's not like I could just keep going to a club every night. I want to be creative and then come up with something. It doesn't work that it doesn't work that way either. But that's just an example of my creative process. But in that creative process, when I'm trying to create something big and monumental, you know, I do the nightclub thing or something, or I just blast music at my house or sit in my car and I'll blast and I'll just sit back and think that helps me think. Some people like it quiet again, me, not so, not so much, but anyway, that helps me think. And then once my juices start to flow, I get on Photoshop and I do whatever I'm going to do. But that's for when I'm trying to create something big. Imagine trying to create something simple like the Facebook logo, Instagram logo, or Twitter. And excuse me. And you're just sitting there like, how do I downsize? How do I scale down? everything that I've been doing since the beginning of my career, everything I've been doing in my career has been trying to go big. And how do you go big by going small? Can anybody answer that question for me? How can you go big by going small? Talk about going small. The graphic artist that created the Nike logo, that swoosh. What is that? Right? When she created that, she thought, what is that? I'm not taking this serious. I'm just going to, eh, here you go. I submit this swoosh. The Nike exec saw that and was like, that's it. As simple as that swoosh is. And here we are, all fans of Nike footwear, Nike clothing, just do it, Nike swoosh. People get the Nike swoosh tattooed on them. They get it cut into their hair, in their heads, their hairstyles. That's how serious people are about that Nike swoosh. And if you really, really take a minute to look at it, What is it? It's not a check mark. It's not a question mark. It's just literally a swoosh. And she created that. And of course, they never, I think when she initially sold it to him, it was something, I I could be wrong, but it was something around like $10, $12, $20, something like that. $30 maybe. She's like, yeah, here you go. And Nike execs took it and loved it, fell in love with it and ran with it. And here they are billions of dollars later. And all be partially because of that Nike swoosh. They never disclosed what they gave the lady for creating that. But rumor is that they gave her a big old super huge diamond worth millions of dollars plus a whole bunch of cash on the back end of that. But who knows? Only she and the execs know, right? But anyway, how do you as an artist downscale something so monumental, make it small and it still have such a big impact? You know, it all comes full circle to the hours that you put in the hours. You know, a lot of us are basketball fans, Kobe Bryant fans, or not even Kobe football players, basketball, golf, whatever your sport of choice is. When you hear interviews with the athletes, what do they always say? You have to put in the hours. You have to put in the hours. So like James said in that opening clip, you know how many hours it took for him to learn how to paint like this? You know how many years? It took for it to learn how to do this, you know, and then not to mention you're ripping them off. It's worth 10 times what you're ripping them off for. We all know that. But again, it's all subjective. So along with art being subjective, the price is subjective, too. It just goes hand in hand. It comes with it. It just comes with the territory. It's just part of the game. You know, matter of fact, I'm already jumping the gun a little bit. My next episode, I'm going to be talking about discounts and the cost in which you charge based on your product. Your asset, whatever you're delivering to said client, we're going to talk about discounts and pricing and so on and so forth. I know I mentioned pricing before, but this is on a different side of pricing. This is on the discounted side of pricing. But anyway, getting back to the art, 
the the hours that we put in. Uh, oftentimes, it's not respected. I mentioned in a, a, a episode when you look in magazines, you see the advertisement for some clothing or some cologne or perfume or some shoes, whatever the case may be. How often do any of us look at the photo and then look in the corners for the credit for who the photographer is or the graphic designer is for that particular spread? Hardly any of us. And I'm in that industry. I'm in the business of advertising. That's what I do for a living, advertising. And I don't even look at what photographer took what photo or which graphic designer made said, said, said spreadsheet. You know, I don't even think about stuff like that. And I'm in that world. So for people who aren't in that world that don't appreciate it, you come across a situation like in this opening clip where you don't necessarily understand the value or price point of what we charge for what we do. Because oftentimes I hear it and I, I learned not to take it as an insult, but it feels so insulting to me when somebody says, oh, it's easy for you. Just do it really quick. It's easy because I've been doing it for 16 years. It took me 16 plus years of hard work, hours upon hours upon hours and lots of sacrifices, lots of losses. So don't think when I'm charging you whatever I'm charging you, I'm just making some big old gain and I'm just about to live high on the hog. You know, this is work. It's work. Regardless if you consider it sitting in a cubicle, hating my life work or me loving my work, it's still work. And it took me years to learn how to do this. I don't care what automatic features my Nikon camera has on it. I don't care what automatic features Photoshop has built into it. You cannot design and create from scratch a perfect image that a client wants by clicking auto features and hoping it comes out for the best. You have to learn how to manually do every change that they're looking to get done. And that's what I do. My work is manual. Manual, meaning every change that happens per photo, I have to physically do it. There's no automatic button to hit to make it come out like the client wants. The client explains to me what they want. I give them an example. I show them a proof, show them this is what I'm working on, this direction that I'm headed. They say yes or no, make some changes or not. They say continue, and then I continue to do the work. No auto feature is going to do that. So, you know, when we charge what we charge, it's based on the work that we've done in order to create what we create that you like, that you love enough to hire us for in the first place. So please, when considering hiring a freelancer, whether it be photography, clothing, clothing design ain't easy. You know, somebody, okay, you think clothing design is easy. Look at the Cosby Show episode when uh, Denise was supposed to make Cleo, or I'm sorry, Denise was supposed to make Theo a Gordon Gartrell shirt and look how it turned out because she thought it was easy. You know, she didn't, uh, she didn't respect the hours that you have to put in to learn how to clothe, to design clothes, to learn how to sew, to stitch, to fold, to, to do whatever it takes to get the job done. She did not respect that, you know, and oftentimes clients that have no idea what this industry is like, don't respect that. But that's okay. You know, uh, my mentor back when I was doing car audio hardcore, uh, 20 something years ago, my mentor used to tell me, you have to educate your customer. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, you don't talk down to people. I didn't, I didn't get it at the time. He's like, no, you're not talking down to them. You're not lecturing them, but you're educating them on what you are selling them so they can understand the value of what you are selling them. So that's where I am now. I'm in the business 
of advertising, but also negotiating and educating my client. Can you imagine how exhausting that is? Every single client you come across for the most part, sometimes you have to educate them, sell them, negotiate a price with them and explain a value that they're getting from you other than somebody just hitting some automatic buttons on a uh, Photoshop or on a camera or trying to stitch something together, following a book and they don't know how to operate their sewing machine or whatever it takes, what speed to stitch at, what thickness of, uh, cl- uh, what is it? Not, not yarn, uh, thread, what thickness of thread they need to use. You know, it's, it's a lot of stuff that goes into place. I mean, same thing for cooking, baking and all that. I have a cooking show on uh YouTube. It's all for fun. You know, I'm no master chef, not even close. Not, not remotely. I just cook stuff that tastes good to me and I share it with people and some people like it. Some people don't. It is what it is, but it's all subjective. My cousin, she's a professional chef. She went to school for it. She'll be on my podcast soon enough. She went to school for it. Years, hours, still as a professional, been on TV and all that stuff. As a professional, she still studies. As a professional, I've been doing this 16 years. I still study hours practice hours upon hours because you never know when your client's going to ask you for something that you regularly don't practice and then you have to come up with an answer for it because if you turn them away you might be turning away that client and they might find something better somebody better to replace you we talked about that too in another episode you got to stay on your game got to stay ready so you don't have to get ready so i'm always practicing always studying always trying to learn something new to make sure i'm on point when it comes about Clients, sometimes clients don't take that into consideration unless they've tried to do what I do. I've, I've had many clients used to work with me and then they, for some reason, figured I'm charging too much and it's not that hard to take photos. So they go buy themselves a camera, a couple of lights, and then halfway through that, they're like, man, this is expensive. <laughs> so I already see they already got one foot out the door because they're already complaining about the price when they just bought a basic camera, base model camera with a basic kit lens. We're not talking about specialty lenses that cost thousands of dollars. We're not even talking about that part yet. They're in the beginning stage of just buying a camera with the lens that it comes with. And they're already like, man, this is getting heavy. Then they buy some lights. They might buy the wrong lights. And they're like, man, this is expensive. Then they get out there and they start taking photos thinking it's easy. I just put the camera on auto and I got lights just like our man has lights and my pictures will come out just like his. And then they start snapping pictures and they're like, whoa, what the hell is this? Then they realize, then they come back to you and they're like, you know what? I'm sorry. I complained about your pricing. What you charge for what you do is <laughs> very fair and low compared to some people. And I appreciate you. And then all of a sudden I got my client back and they end up selling their camera or doing whatever with it. And they don't, they no longer are in the business of photography because they realize I'm sure that happens with bakers. I'm sure that happens with singers, songwriters, clothing designers. People go through that phase where they're like, man, if you could do it, I could do it. And they just think they're just going to jump on it. Like I've been doing this for 16 years just for fun. Just studying just because I ain't got nothing better to do because I don't have no life. I just live in a basement. No, this is my career. This is my job. Doctors, what doctors do is called a practice. I'm not comparing what I do by no means to what a doctor does, not even remotely. But when it comes to the hours put in, it's all relative. Practice. Doctors are called practice because they're constantly studying, learning new things, new techniques about whatever they're working on when it comes to us as their patients. Well, me, having you as my client, I'm always 
I'm trying to be a step ahead of you. So when you come to me and say, hey, I need to update my Amazon listing. I need new photos. I need new content. This, that, and the other. I'm already studying the content that's already out there. So when you come to me ready for an upgrade, I already know what I need to shoot. I already know how I need to shoot it to be competitive with what what is out there in the market that you're trying to reach. That's what we do. Again, I'm not comparing myself to a doctor, but what doctors do, they call a practice. What I do is called a practice. Why? Because we're always in studying. We're always studying. There's no championship for what we do. You know, we're always studying, always learning, always pressing forward, trying to get, trying to be innovative, trying to be uh, ahead of the curve. That's what we do. So not comparing myself to a doctor, but yeah, I'm the man, you know, let me give myself a round of applause for that. Uh, yeah, I think that's the round of applause button. If it's laughter, I deserve that laughter because I'm just joking. <laughs> but anyway, I'll end the episode on that note and just ask you guys, you know, I, I just want to ask you guys, you know, from the heart for those who just don't understand, who just don't know, please respect the artist, take into consideration what we do. You know, you know, it's not some automatic button that we press, you know, it's not some magical feature where we're just sitting there thinking it and Photoshop is reading our minds. I know all these uh, computer programs are AI and they're assisting us in our daily activities and all, but they can't see what we see just like we can't see what you see when you want us to create something for you, you know? So just respect the artist, you know, take into consideration what we go through to give you what you need to help your business thrive, to help your day go smoother, to make your life better. All right. And like I said, in the next episode, going to be talking about pricing, discounts, and all that stuff. So if you're interested in that, please look forward to seeing me next or listening to me next Tuesday. And until then, I am out.